What's up, guys? Welcome to another awesome episode of The Jungle. Uh, today, I've got another one of my homies on here, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy and I, uh, we actually, you know, I've, I've met a great group of guys over the last few years. Uh, Jeremy's one of them. Uh, Jeremy did not run, Jeremy and I did not run the streets together. Uh, we were not locked up together. But when I came home, uh, as I've talked about in the past, I kind of adapted a new mindset of, you know, I'm not hanging out with my old crowds unless you are doing something positive with your life, unless you are making moves uh, on the up and up. And, you know, I, I, I don't really have time or energy for you. So I met Jeremy through a group of other guys. Uh, we were actually in a AMC stock group together and then. We just started hanging out on the outside of that group, and uh, that's where I met Tyler. That's where I met Jeremy. We've got another buddy, Nick. Um, and, you know, Jeremy's just been a really great friend uh, since him and I have become friends. And uh, we've got our, our daughters who are kind of the same age. Um, they, they're on typical teenage bullshit where they like each other one day and hate each other the next. Uh, Jeremy and I have agreed we stay out of that sandbox bullshit. But Jeremy's just an overall great guy. My wife and I love him and his wife. And uh, so without further ado, this is my homie, Jeremy. What's up, dude? Say hi to everybody. What's up, man? How you doing over there, Chris? <laughs> I'm good. So, all right, Jeremy. I uh, Like I said, you and I, we don't, our group, part of the reason I love our group is we don't really share war stories. Um, we don't really go back and relive that old bullshit. I mean, we may talk about it briefly, but that's, that's one of the main reasons I love our group of, uh, friends. So I, yeah. I do, I do want to touch base though. Tell everybody like who you are, tell everybody kind of, uh, how, what your life was like growing up, how you ended up getting into things. Okay. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a, uh, I, I grew up in a, uh, a multi-alcoholic family. Uh, my mom and dad are both, uh, raging alcoholics. Um, you know, I, 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 they did their best, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, um, the best they could do. My mom was 17 when she had my sister and she was 20 when she had me. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. They were growing up. They were just kids when they were trying to raise kids. Um, you know, uh, my mom and dad have been, they were married to each other five times, divorced four. Um, that doesn't count all the different breakups in between. Um, so I never had any real security as a child. Um, you know, I was always switching schools. Um, I always had to be the new kid in school. You know, and I learned at an early age, when you're the new kid in school, you got to go into school and you got to punch somebody in their mouth. And then, and, and, and then people won't mess with you no more. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah. you know, it, it didn't take long for me to start punching people in the mouth, dude. And, and it was, you know, and, and he, I, I got a bad reputation because I was – I was a mean kid, man. I was, I was unhappy with my life. My mom and dad were always fighting. They were sometimes not home when we get off of school and all the doors in the house would be locked. And, you know, I remember being a kindergartner, kicking the, kicking the back door in, um, me and my sister standing out there in the cold, you know, that, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff. I guess you probably don't realize it as a child, but you know, a lot, some of that stuff stays with you forever. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it, it, you can't you, things you can't you can't change what you know when, when you're a kid you know you're completely powerless powerless over over the circumstances around you but you know I can remember being a little kid you know mom and dad are fighting and I just be I, I would jump in the middle of it all man I'd throw myself on the ground and start hitting my head on the ground because I just wanted to make them stop you know what I mean and it was just it 
I, I thought other kids were just like me. I thought everybody's life was like that, man. I didn't really realize that, uh, that that was a, that that was something, you know, that, that was a, that was an abusive household I lived in. You know what I mean? I just thought that's how it was, man. And, and, uh, you know, so all growing up, um, you know, they did my, my mom and dad, as I got into my teenage years, they, uh, they, they found sobriety. Um, you know, they spent the better part of my teenage years, probably my late teenage years, probably 16, 17 years old till I was probably about 29 or 30 you know, living on the right side of the, of the, of the fence and everything. And, uh, you know, being, being the, being the parents that they wanted to be, I think all along and, uh, you know, but they, they just didn't have the ability to, you know, cause they were drinking and drugging and, and, uh, you know, and I, as a kid, I didn't think much of it, man. So along with that mean kid that, that, you know, would start in a new school, punch somebody in the mouth and then the kids would leave them alone. Uh, there, there, there happened to be a, a another group of people that were just like me out there that had broken homes that you know they didn't really, <clears throat> they didn't they didn't see the world you know they 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 didn't come home to a nice happy home every day when they got off of school or whatever, and uh, you know so me and those group of guys we all we all kind of teamed up, and uh, you know we lived in a neighborhood that wasn't you know wasn't the best neighborhood wasn't the worst neighborhood in the world but. You know, we all knew that we wanted to we wanted this. None of us had any real security at home and stuff. And so I think we used each other as security. You know, we kind of pretty much told each other, if you fight, I fight. If we fight, they fight. You know what I mean? And so we kind of found some some power and some uh, security with that, you know, in my teenage years. And uh, so I felt I felt invincible, you know, growing up, you know, once I turned my teenage turned in my teenage years, I felt like me and my buddies, we could do we could do anything, man. And um, so, you know, uh, I guess as you know, at, at about eighteen years old, well, seventeen years old, I caught my first drug trafficking case. Um, I was selling acid to this. So I, I had some hookups with some older dudes that none of my friends had, and. So I was selling sheets of it to my buddy and he was selling it to all, all, all the people around that, you know, everybody knew he's, he sold drugs and everything. So, um, you know, so I was kind of putting him on and then I, he caught a case and I caught a case and I took mine to trial. Um, I beat the case in trial, uh, because it wasn't my voice on the wiretap. It was pretty simple. My, luckily my dad, my dad came and showed up for court for, with me and, um, you know, it wasn't my voice on the wiretap. It was clearly not my voice on the wiretap. So the judge threw the case out. Well, he found me not guilty. He didn't throw it out because um, the cop and the snitch both said it was me who sold it to him because there was a girl that that brought it over to her brother uh, from one car to the other. And then she came back to our car and she says to me, she says, uh, they want one of you to bring it over there. And I looked at my buddy and I'm like, there ain't a chance in the hell I'm bringing that over to them dudes. I don't know them guys. And he's like, ah, man. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I was like, you know what? He, he was like, oh, come on. It's my girlfriend's best friend, dude. It's cool. It's cool. I was like, well, then you take it over and I'll, I'll give you half. So he took it over. I gave him half the money. And, uh, you know, about six months later, I'm, <laughs> I'm going, I got a, I got a drug, drug case that I'm fighting. Um, I caught multiple DUIs, uh, multiple marijuana possession charges, disturbing the peace, disorderly conduct, underage consumption, underage consumption while driving. Um, you know, and the, the craziest thing about all that mess that I got into and given the see, those were misdemeanors mostly. But all my friends were committing felonies. So I'm like, as long as I don't get no major felonies, I'm going to be I'll be fine. I'm not worried about misdemeanors. I 
my my brain and my thought process was so skewed that I, I really just felt like as long as I'm not, you know, catching a, a, a two or three year bid, I, I, I'm cool. You know what I mean? So I go through, I, you know, I'm, I'm well, let me think here. Let me, I, I, I'm trying to, I don't want to have to tell this, whole, you know, the whole entire, you know, step by step. But um, so long story short, um, you know, I, I got a job when I was, you know, I, I had multiple jobs and stuff. I was employable to to a degree. You know, I just wasn't the best version of myself. Um, so I got a job with my buddy uh, uh, up in Cleveland, just delivering files, medical files to hospital networks and stuff. And so I love that job. That was a cool job, man. So I do that job for a real long time. You know, I got girlfriends in and out as, as, as the process situation goes by, um, you know, I ended up getting married in my late twenties. Um, I had a kid when I turned 30, um, you know, the marriage wasn't good. The marriage was just, it, it was almost more like a business agreement. Um, yeah. you know, there was no love, no love in the marriage whatsoever. Um, I, you know, I, not for lack of trying because I, I, I wanted there to be, it just, I, you can't make somebody, because the girl I married was a, you know, I played football in high, you know, as a kid, and she she was in she was in choir, and uh, you know, played she might have played a, a an instrument or something in the band, you know, we didn't have nothing in common, dude. You know what I mean? I was a roughneck kid. She was she was a little goody two shoes. She went to Catholic school. Her dad was a deacon at the Catholic church locally, and. Um, and so I didn't have nothing in common with this girl or her family. I just, I guess I was just trying to like, I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to do, but it didn't work oh. out. Long story short. Um, I, I want to go back real quick, if you don't mind, um, yeah. to talking about your childhood just a little bit. And the only reason I want to bring this, the only reason I want to go back and touch on it is I had a uh, mental health, a juvenile mental health counselor on yesterday. Um, yeah. And so you made the statement that, you know, you didn't have a real, a real secure home life. So you basically found, you found that in the streets running around with your buddies. Like you found that in your little clique of, of buddies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I asked her yesterday, I said, what, uh, I, I said, what's the biggest common denominator that you see in kids that come through the system? Uh, and she said that exact same thing. She said, what's why she, she literally said, what's wild is kids find and i was talking to another guy on uh friday who said the same thing um kids find more structure security safety uh in jdc centers and in yes. uh than they do at home and that's wild to me i mean i i grew up in a decent house i was a yeah. spoiled brat you know what i mean um yeah and mine were just purely poor decisions because it was me that mattered but then I hear stories like yours where I'm like, and this guy on Friday, and he's telling me that, you know, he ran the streets because he felt safer in the streets than he felt at home. Um, yeah. to me that's, I don't think a lot of my topic with her yesterday, uh, the mental health counselor was, you know, what causes these kids to like commit crimes and she it's unresolved trauma. So you've got yeah. all this trauma, like you said, that you carried on through um your early adulthood early, later childhood into your adult life that caused massive drug and alcohol problems you know um yeah. so i just wanted to go back and touch on that do you and uh, tell me yes or no do you i think i think you already answered it you obviously attribute a lot of that past trauma to what led you down the road right 
Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So, um, yeah, that, you know, that, the, I, you know, I'm gonna tell you right now, man, you, you know, there's, there, there's childhood trauma that I still have, dude. Like I heard a song yesterday that, that, that just made me think, you know, now for me, Chris, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, you know, dear mama and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They love their mom so much. Like I, my mom was not good to me. You know what I yeah. mean? She, she was real, real hard on me. Um, I was the, uh, hold on one second. I was kind of the, um, you know, I, she didn't really want me. She wanted my sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how I fell into that equation, but I, you know, if I could have just gone, if I could have just gone away, I think, you know, uh, she probably would have been happier. I don't, I, I don't for the life of me. I mean, you and I are both fucking parents and I hear these stories. I, I talk to these people and it's, I hear stories like this and it fucking like eats at me at my core because Hey, what did you have a kid for in the first place? You know what right. I mean? Like, my Mary's Mary's adopted. So her parents knew early on when they were having a kid, they were like, we don't want this kid. Like we can't, we can't support this child. So we, they put her up for adoption. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. They came back into her life later down the road. But I, right. life of me, the amount of trauma and bullshit that sprouts and grows from like feeling like that as a kid, yeah. it's, it's wild to me that people actually, I mean, if, if this day and age with the whole Roe versus Wade thing, which I'm not going to even touch on, but put the fucking kid up for adoption. There's right. tons of families out there that want that want kids right. that would give loving homes, and I right. can't imagine that kind of trauma that that you would carry throughout your adult life and your childhood life, feeling not wanted as a child. I had a great, you know what I mean. Not to like, yeah, not to throw apples yeah. to apples. Like I had a great mom. Like my dad wasn't really, he wasn't present. He wasn't. He was a workaholic, like he was a workaholic and alcoholic, you know what I mean? So he wasn't right. around, but I didn't have a fucked up childhood. So when I hear shit like this, it, it fucking eats at my core, dude, because I, I just don't. And I and the people that are like nasty to their kids, it fucking drives me nuts. I don't understand it yeah. one bit, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, okay. I so yeah, I do. It's, it, it, you know, it. it this part this part of the story chris is is the hardest one for me to like to talk about because it's 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 not it didn't go away it's still that yeah. way you know what i mean but uh and people don't and and what i tried to get at yesterday with her is people don't take the time to understand the why like you and i are put in these situations and there's reasons why you took a criminal, why you went down the path that you went down. And there's reasons why I went down the path that I went down, but nobody, nobody takes the time to look at that shit. They, they, right. everybody on the outside of the, like everybody here is convicted felon or, or ex convict or criminal. They see black and white. They were like, well, you yeah. made a bad choice. You're an asshole. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. They don't look at this gray area that's in between, like what caused them to do that. How'd shit. you get here? Right. Yeah. Right. How'd so, you get here? And that was part, that's one of the main focuses I, I just want to touch on, like with this show is, you know, there's, this is all a big gray area. It's not black and white, any of it, like life Absolutely. in general, life in life in itself, none of it's black and fucking white. It's all gray. So go ahead and Absolutely. keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yep. I want to keep hearing about what. Um, no, I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because, because I think that um, I, I'm not unique in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's people that, 
there's a lot of people out there that, that 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 have you know been through a lot worse than me, Chris, dude. You know what I mean? That's the reality of it, you know. But um, but but you know, it, it doesn't make it any easier to deal with, you know, when the one person that's supposed to be that like uh, soft place to land is the is that's your war, like yeah, you know that 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 and, and you carry that the rest of your life, like that's yeah. a, that's a, you have there there are trauma responses from that. There's there's emotional like scarring and damage that you carry the rest of your life from that. It makes it hard probably for you to like enter into actual like loving relationships. You know what I mean? It's there's so much shit that stems from childhood trauma, dude, that people don't understand. So um, I get it, man. I I appreciate you sharing all that. That's. Yeah. You know, and I'll be honest, it gave me a jilted, a jilted, uh, you know, feeling about women too, to some degree, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, because you know, it, it kind of, it makes me, you know, I don't particularly trust women, man. I, I trust my yep. wife. I never trusted a woman like I trust my wife. You know what I mean? Never in my life, ever. And because I because I just don't, you know, once bitten, twice shy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I made it through my twenties and thirties, bro. Um, you know, I, and, and my parents were there to help me. You know, that they they, they 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 were there to help me in those times of need. You know what I mean? My dad's my best friend. You know what I mean? He he really is. He's, you know, he's always been there for me, and he's you know stuck his neck out to to help me. Um, but so I made it through my twenties and thirties. I got divorced at about thirty two years old, um, and I moved in with a buddy, and I let her keep the house. You know, we had bought a house and stuff. I, and at this point, I got a you know a one and a half year old son, and I thought to myself, I can leave now. And then he never has to see what an unloving marriage looks like. He never has to see what, um, you know, uh, the the byproduct of two people that are just trying to make it work together in a house. What you saw. Right, exactly. Exactly. You don't have to do none of that. So I thought that was the best the best option was to leave. And, uh, you know, and then my son can just, you know, he can live with his mom and whoever she finds herself with. And, you know, and then me and my life, we can, you know, he can have two separate lives. You know, I think that's a better deal. Than, than, than growing up kind of the way I did. Um, so I left and me and me, me and this buddy got, a, we, you know, we rented a town home. Um, he had a night, he had a good job. I had a good job. I was making good money at the job. Um, I still was working at that file place, maybe eight, 10 years later. Um, I had been, produ- I had been uh, promoted multiple times because the thing about it is, man, is, is, is I'm not a loser. You, you know what I mean? I'm not a loser in my head. I'm not a loser mentally i just i just thought i could balance it all yeah. for a long time and, and you know and and, and i could balance it all because I, I was a real good employee so i got a dui when i was uh when i was driving for that company and all they did was take me off the road put me in the warehouse work in the warehouse they were going to make me a manager inside the warehouse but then the one boss says hey man well i'm not going to promote a guy who just got a dui you know what i mean i'm not going to give him a promotion so I spent some time, you know, uh, you know, with with that job and they really stuck their neck out to help me because I was a I was a good worker for them. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so long story short, I I start dating this girl uh, maybe six months after I, I, you know, I get divorced or whatever. I don't even think that the divorce probably wasn't even final. Um, and this girl worked for a chiropractor. And so she, this girl got perk tens coming out of her, coming out of every pocket. You know what I mean? She's walking in pills, falling out all over the place because she works for this chiropractor. So me and her start, you know, laying up together, whatever. And, uh, you know, popping a perk here, popping a perk there. 
Next thing you know, I'm popping a perk before work. I'm popping a perk during work. I'm popping, popping a perk, popping a perk, popping a perk. Just, 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 because I'm not thinking nothing about it. Because I had done so many drugs in my teenage years and, you know, in my 20s and stuff, and nothing ever got a hold of me and grabbed a hold of me and, and controlled me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I was able to keep a job. I was able to be productive at that job. You know, I've done everything under the sun. <clears throat> yeah. So, so I'm popping these perks. It's what? uh real quick not to just to cut you off real briefly. It's it's fucking wild how because I was in the same mindset when I started taking purse because I had my back injury um and then I'm going to work and I'm just throwing back a perk, not thinking about it. And I I had always smoked weed and I and kids and this was all during that whole opioid epidemic where they were just handing shit out without even like monitoring what was going on. And right. so you had all these young kids that are just throwing perks back, not yeah. understanding. And there was so much of them in the streets, dude. Like it oh, yeah. there was no detoxing. It was, there was so many of them available. Like it, it, you, you run out, you get dope sick, you call your buddy and he's got fucking 40 of them. You, you run out and you start to feel a little funny. Then you call Joe Schmo up the street and he's got three bottles of them. You know what I mean? So yeah. nobody really understood what was what was brewing on the back end of that, which was a huge heroin epidemic right. at the end of it, because <laughs> then the perks went away. The doctors right. and big pharma were like, oh, well, we're fucking people up. We got to stop this shit. And then, then the heroin epidemic blows up again. So uh, no, kids, kids don't understand how dangerous that shit could be. Are you there? I'm you losing know. you. Oh, what uh, you, you can pop 29 of them and everything's fine. And on that 30th one, you're going to be dope okay. sick from it. Yeah, yeah you I'm here. Are you, are you here? You're good. You're there. Yeah. Hello. Are you there? Okay. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It, it is. It's, it's like you can pop 29 of them and on the 30th one and you don't ever know what that number is now. Boom. Now yeah. you're, now you're addicted. Now you're addicted to, to this drug and, and, and it's about to run you rampant. Um, so, yeah, so I got on the perks, man, and, and I, I knew I didn't want to get on the heroin, dude. I, I, I At this point, I had friends that have already died from heroin back in the early 2000s. You know what I mean? It, it, it was it was not a game. You know, I, I knew that shit was serious. So I'm like, man, I don't want to get on the perks, or I don't want to get on the get on the heroin. So um, oh, a bunch of my buddies were doing meth at the time. So I'm like, there's meth everywhere. It's just crystals of meth every, falling all over the damn house, pretty much. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. You know, I, so I, I get off the perks. And I replace it with meth, and uh, the and now now things now things are starting to get real crazy because here I am trying to go to work, trying to do this meth, don't ain't get no proper amount of sleep. I'm a sales rep for a company, and I'm out here, you know what I mean, meeting up with customers and all spun out, twacked out on meth, dude. It, it didn't go well. It, you know, it took about six months before I get fired from my job. And this job I'd worked at for a long time, been promoted multiple times. You know what I mean? These people, they knew me, I knew them, but they fired me for some bullshit little reason. But they knew I was on drugs. You know what I mean? They they couldn't right. prove it, but they knew I was on drugs. And so it was just one of the things. Boom, I lost my job. So first thing I did was, okay, I'm tapping back into the streets, man. You know, this is where I found what I needed when I was younger, when things fell apart, when I, you know, in the streets. So I'm going to do it again. So those same exact guys that I was getting the getting the acid from in my teenage years when I stayed solid and didn't tell on nobody. And those guys are out in California now and they're up on, you know, they're up on the hill out there and they're growing weed. 
And so I call him. I'm like, yo, I'm ready. I'm ready. Send something through. So next thing you know, 10 pounds of weeds on its way to my mom and dad's house. <laughs> so <laughs> listen to this. So my mom and dad both got jobs, dude. They're going to be at work during the day. I'm going to come pick this pack up. You know, everything's going to be fine. So dude calls me, yo, it's coming today. It's coming today. I'm like, bro, it can't come today. My mom and dad aren't at work, dude. It cannot come today. He's like, it's coming today, dude. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So I'm like, fucking, I'm leaving. I go back. I, I leave. I go to my house. My dad calls me up. He's like, Hey, come over here. I think we need to talk. And, 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 and mind you, me and my mom had just had a big, big fight that day. So I figured, Oh, well, you know, maybe they just want to talk to me about that. So I walk in there, I walk into the, in through their garage door and I walk in through the kitchen into the dining room. And my dad says, what the fuck is that? There's a big box sitting on his, on his uh, kitchen table. And I was like, what well, looks like a box? He's like, yeah, open it up. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I opened it up and there's a bunch of these little one ship boxes in there. You know, the little real hard cardboard ones. And I was like, well, he's got a bunch of one ship boxes. And he's like, open the fucking thing up. And I was like, I opened it up and I said, Ooh, that looks like a pound of high-grade marijuana. He's like, get the fuck out of my house. My mom's like, get the fuck out of my house. And I pack my weed up, and I fucking hightail it out of their house. You know, I figure they're probably not going to let me back forever. Yeah. <laughs> my dad signed for that package, which was really crazy, because I told him, I'm like, don't sign for no packages for me ever in your life, dude. You know what I mean? Like, don't sign the package, dude. I will come out here. I will return to sender. I will take it in my car and start driving towards the post office. And if the post and if I don't get pulled over on my way to the post office, then I'm gonna keep driving to my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that was the, that was what that's what you do. You know what I'm saying? That's how you would catch it. It's like, oh look, you, the, there's you can still get a shadow of a doubt if you write return to sender on that box and you're driving it back to the post office, you know what I mean? I, I might be able to get your, but yeah. you're, you're done when you, you know, usually you're done when you pick it up. So that was the start that that was the start of, of, of where everything starts coming on un, really unraveled for me. Um, boom, I'm selling pounds of weed. And I, I go from selling no pounds of weed in my life to selling 10 pounds of weed a week, 15 pounds of weed a week. And these guys are breathing down my neck, wanting their money, wanting their money, wanting their money every two days. And I have no way to get them their money back to California. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm it's I'm going through just jumping through these hoops trying to make this shit happen, man. So long story short, man, I ended up finding a guy um, that was local that was that was doing the same thing I was doing. And except for he was just pretty much if I was doing 10 or 15, he was doing 100 or 150. And if I was making five grand, he was making 50 grand. And that's literally how pretty much you just add a zero to whatever I was doing. And this guy was a big time, big time baller, dude, big time baller. And so he gets a DUI and he's like, yo, let's just start. Well, so we'll make your plays. We'll make my plays. We'll just stick together throughout the day. We'll make a bunch of money and then we can go home at night and, you know, go do whatever we whatever we want to do. So we get to doing that, man. And, and, uh, you know, this goes on for a couple years, man. You know, we had our ups and downs, man. There's so much BS in, in the middle of that, Chris, you know, and every one of us knows how to get high, dude. I, I don't have to fucking bore anybody with the details because the meth never stopped, by the way, the meth never, ever right. stopped. It only got worse. Um, you know, and, and it certain soon has turned into where I'm just up for two or three days at a time, and then I crash for six hours, and I'm up for two or three days at a time, and I crash for six hours, and this just goes on that way. And, and oh, by the way, the weed dude that I was, I got him on meth too, so he's all fucking twacked out. We're all both, everybody's all twacked <laughs> the fuck out. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and he's married. He's married. Him and his him and his wife had a beautiful house in Hudson. It was a big old dumbass house, dude. He paid cash for. Um, they they had to they had to work some trickery with her dad because her dad's a chiropractor. His his ex wife. Um, and then we'll get into her a little bit later because that there's more to that story too. Um, so she, uh, or so, yeah, so me and him are, you know, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a family friend of these people at this point. I know everybody's mama, everybody's kids, everybody's grandparents, everybody's, you know what I mean? We're, 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 we're buddied up real, real good. And, um, and so just, I, you know, I, I'm going through this. So then me and this guy end up falling out. Um, you know, I'm just twacked out. He's twacked out. Everybody's twacked out. And so he, he basically is like, yo, I'm not even, you know, I stopped working with the guys from California because they started getting on some bullshit and I'm start working with him and his guys. So now unknowingly to me, I gave this guy the ultimate power over my ability to sell weed because if he don't give me any weed, I can't sell any weed. You know what I mean? And so He's one of them guys where, you know, he's just not a very good person. He's going to use that as as leverage against whatever he wants to use it as. And uh, so. So long story short, yeah, so he cuts me off and and I got this girl out in Cuyahoga Falls and she's like, yo, she's like, I got this weed growing. There's going to it's going to be should produce like 35 pounds of weed. Can you sell it? I'm like, you're damn right I can. I can sell it all in one fell swoop because I knew a guy that would buy all of them. And uh, so she's like, okay, great. So she's coming out to my house. And she that guy that I lived with at, at that townhome, this was his ex-girlfriend. And so me and him fell out prior to that over my ex-girlfriend, the girl with the pills. And um, so we we uh we we fell out. This is a, it's it's crazy because I'm trying to make this. I'm trying to 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 condense this because I want to really just kind of get to the point of where my life is now because that's really what what is the you know the bread and butter of, of this story in my opinion. Um, but uh, so I I end up having to move back in my with my parents in their basement, all twacked out, and I'm and, oh so that that okay well that girl. That girl ends up telling me she's gonna sell me all this weed, blah, blah, blah. She gets raided right before she's about ready to cut the cut the plants and, and start hanging them and shit. She gets raided. She tells the cops everything. She tells them it's me. It's I'm the one. She's gonna sell it to me. And so these cops think I got hundreds of thousands of dollars just laying around. So I got cops on me, people on me everywhere I go, bro. Everywhere I go at four o'clock in the morning at Walmart, I got some people standing around me in the hamburger aisle, dude. Like shit that don't make no sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm tweaked out, dude. I'm like, yo, everybody's following me around. Everybody thinks I'm a schizophrenic at this point. You know what I mean? I'm just twacked out. None of my friends want to be friends no more. Nobody wants to be around me. You know, the only people that I had around me were, you know, little, little sluts that were on meth too, that we're just doing whatever, you know what I mean? And, uh, so this goes on for about six months, eight months, dude. I'm, I'm just, Cooped up in my mom and dad's basement, dude. Just waiting for the cops to kick the door in, dude. Because I already know. I already know they know what I'm doing. I already know that they know. They probably, this girl probably wore a wire on me at least a couple times. Something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And eventually I, I get to a point where I'm like, I'm like, dude, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I start selling a little bit of meth to just a couple people here and there. Just so I can get, get enough money to get my own. You know what I mean? For free. And... This dude I know introduces me to his uh, his sister in law, and she's you know she's buying meth for me whatever, and she's a nurse, and so I, I start you know selling meth to her whatever. Long story short, me and this girl I, I end up hooking up with this girl, 
And um, and so I'm 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 staying with her and I and she's like and I'm I'm like yo you know I can get if I can get the weed thing going so she's like all right look I'm gonna give you three grand she's like um you know uh, and then you can start you know getting your stuff going then you can pay the bills and whatever whatever so not very long after that she gets fired as a nurse she ain't a nurse no more so she has no money coming in I have no money coming in but she's got this three grand and I'm like yo I'm gonna make this motherfucker shake so off I off I go I go I I re, 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 reconcile with that dude that I fell out with and um. And, and, and make the situation right with him. And, uh, and so I start selling pounds of weed and we're back at it again. I'm making a bunch of money. You know what I mean? I'm doing just like I was before, you know, making, making good money, whatever. And, um, and then he's like, yo, he calls me up. He's like, he tells me he's going to go to Chicago and meet this guy from California. And the guy's supposed to have a thousand pounds and it's supposed to be really good. I'm like, cool. So then he's like, I might not go though. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that this guy might be a cop. And uh, I was like, all right, well, whatever, man. Just call me if you do. So he calls me. He's like, my nickname was Pivot. He's like, Pivot. He's like, bring the pickup truck. I'm moving home. And I was like, where are you at, dude? He's like, Chicago. I was like, oh, shit, bro. So I go to Chicago, man. Drive this pickup truck to Chicago to go meet him. And these freaking Mexican Latin kings, bro. (laughs) And I have to go with the Latin kings by myself in my pickup truck to go get this weed from one of their trap houses, dude. So I go, I got this guy in the truck with me and we back into his garage and he's got his, his essays there or whatever the fuck they're called. And they got guns on their hips and they open the garage door. Boom. I back the truck in. We, we chuck it in, in some U-Haul boxes and um, I, everything's good, whatever. I go to hop in the truck and I sat on my key fob and the alarm on the truck went off, dude. And these guys slammed the garage door closed. And I promise you, Chris, I've never been closer to getting shot in my fucking head than I have that fucking very moment in my life, dude. And I'll never, ever forget that. It was the scariest thing ever. Cause they slammed that door closed. They're like, yo. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 dude. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was like, yo, I sat on the key fob, dude. It's cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're like, all right, boom. So they, they let me go, whatever. So we're off and run. We come back to Ohio. And uh, I made 10 grand off of that one, that one, you know, pickup. And then I got this help sell all the weed that we brought back with us. So everything was, you know, I'm happy. And uh, so, so I, I, I come back to you and I'm doing all that and I'm making a bunch of money and uh, everything's going well for the most part. And me and that girl are falling out though, because she keeps stealing everything from me and stealing everything from me everything like clothes fucking drugs whatever the hell she could steal she's having her nieces and nephews steal all this shit from me so she's um so her brother-in-law the guy that introduced me to her um he he was like he was on heroin really bad you know and i grew up with him he was an all right dude um you know he's a scumbag but i was a scumbag too you know what i mean so i didn't really think nothing of it and so this guy, um, one night, me and her broke up. Everything was fell out, whatever. She's like, come over, let's talk. I was like, all right. So I go, I go, I go over there, whatever. And he's over there. And I'm like, okay. He's like, yo. He's like, I can get you I can get you an ounce, an ounce of meth for 1100 I was like, well, fuck it, run it, dude. I ain't got no weed right now. I got a pocket full of money. Anybody who sells drugs knows money ain't what you're looking for. You want a pocket full of work. You know what I mean? You don't want a pocket full of money because that money goes quick. That work creates money. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I give him $1,100, dude. Boom, this dude don't come back. And I'm like, man, something shady here. I was like, 
I, you know, four or five hours going on, go, go by. He's not answering none of my phone calls. And she's there with me. And I start thinking like this bitch set me up with him. Cause that's her brother-in-law. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Um, <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, uh, let me see your phone. I'm gonna call him from your phone. If he answers your phone, then that means that he knows that you know, and he, that's you telling him I'm, I left here. And so she, I snatch her phone up. She's like, no, no, no. Give me my phone. <laughs> Screaming. She comes running at me. I put a gun in her face. And I'm like, go sit the fuck down, bitch. And that's, a, those are, the, 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 those words are a lot worse in the court of law than people realize because that's kidnapping. If you force someone to go sit down somewhere, <laughs> that's kidnapping. And so I take her phone. And I and I and I sit her down, and I'm whatever. And then he's on the phone. Then I call him, and he picks the fucking phone up. And that's when she really loses her shit. And that's why I'm like, go sit the fuck down, bitch. Whatever. And I was like, fuck it, you're coming with me. We're gonna find this motherfucker. I'm gonna use you as fuck. I'm gonna use her as, as bait. You know what I mean? Yeah. And bait him out. And so I, I go downstairs, and she's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Of course, she didn't want to go. I, I don't blame her. She probably thought it was gonna kill her. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> so. I ended up, I just left. I was like, fuck it, I'm leaving. So I went over to this other girl's house, man, and and I'm like, I don't have no meth. I'm 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 trying to get high, whatever. So I do that. And uh so long story short, I get arrested in Summit County that night for felony a capious felonious assault warrant in Portage County. I had a I had a, a gun, I had meth, I had steroids, I had probably I think three grand or something in my pocket. Um and so I'm thinking to myself, like, that's crazy, dude. I've done way worse things with that gun up to that point than that. I didn't think that I didn't really think that was flying. How's it flying assault if you don't if you didn't shoot nobody? You know what I mean? If I shot her in the knee, yeah. I see it. I see it, but I didn't shoot nobody. You know what I mean? And so that that began the fight uh for my freedom. Um, you know, I spent 69 days in some in Summit County. They charged me with six felonies for one gun. Because Summit County wanted my ass on a fucking I asked the I asked the arraignment judge, I said. I said, sir, I said, if there's only one gun, how is there charging me with six felonies? He said, sounds to me like they're trying to bend you over the barrel. $10,000, uh, uh, $10,000, 10% bond, boom. And so I'm like, well, sweet, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll spend, you know, I'll get my, or no, it was, yeah, it was, I forget what the total amount was, but I had the money on the outside to get out of jail in, in Summit County. So I called my dad, yo, just come bail me out. He's like, dude, they're not, you, you're not getting out of jail because the second you bet you bond out at Summit County, you're going to have to, Portage is going to pick you up. So you can't, you're not even going to leave the doors. I'm like, all right. So I sit in Summit County. Well, I threw a fucking big fit about that, obviously. Um, so I sat in Summit County for 69 days, man. And, uh, and, so end up taking, what were your final charges then? Like when you, and what was your final sentence? My final sentence was mishandling a firearm in a motor vehicle in Summit County. This is Summit County alone. Mishandling a firearm in a motor vehicle, and they dropped everything else. 18 months probation because I had a loaded weapon in the truck with me. And uh, so that's what I got in Summit County, and that was fine and dandy, whatever. Um, and then, then, then I go to Portage County, and now I'm in high-risk orange. I'm in there for felonious assault, and... Um, so I'm, so I'm in the, I'm in the high risk pod. I'm in the, you know, the, the maximum security pod, uh, pods, uh, there's four of them. And, and, 
And I'm like, damn, this shit's getting real, dude. And so I'm sitting there waiting, and that indictment dude comes rolling up, man. And my new indictments were were felonious assault with gun specifications, felony two with gun specs, <laughs> kidnapping with gun specs. And, uh, you know, if they max those out and run you wild, you're looking at 22 years in prison. Yeah. So shit nope, got those real, F- Those shit F2s got real, ain't nothing to play with. Yeah. <laughs> the F2s ain't nothing to play with, man. Yeah, man. And so, so, so I'm in there and I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm still going on. I'm still thinking to myself, I didn't do, I didn't shoot nobody's ass. I didn't beat the bitch up. I didn't do nothing crazy at all, really. You know what I mean? Like, this really ain't that crazy to me. But of course, you know, the way they're going to present it, dude, I'm going to be, it's going to be crazy, dude. They're going to present it crazily and I'm going to sound crazy. It's going to sound crazy. So I knew, I knew I, I, I could probably, See, because what's crazy about that is, is, is I put that gun in that girl's face, and then when I was in Summit County, she came and visited me twice. She come and visited me, me two times, her and her son, and that I think was like a big deal. Come, come, case, and you know, at the Portage County side of things, because um, I brought that up. I'm like, she, she came and visited me. What are you talking about, bro? I didn't fucking take nobody hostage. She came and seen me twice, and so. <laughs> Long story short, I sat in there for 110 days. Never signed a, um, never signed a, a time waiver. So they had 90 days to to get me in trial. They 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 overspent me by 20 days. I looked at my attorney. I'm like, dude, I'm, I've been here 20 days longer than my right to a speedy trial. My Sixth Amendment has been violated. He's like, Jeremy, you know what? You're right. Your Sixth Amendment has been violated. He's like, but <clears throat> he's like, you're gonna have to go to prison. Get, go to the 12th District Court of Appeals. And then you're going to win the case of the 12th district court of appeals, but that's going to be after you've been in prison for eight months or a year. Yep. So, or you can sign, or you can sign today for your two F fours, drop the gun specs, and you're going to get five years of probation. What do you want to do? And what would anybody with a brain in their fucking head do? You know what well, I mean? And I, that shit, see the very, uh, I think it was the, uh, it was my buddy, Nick, I had on here and we were talking about the same thing because I, I there was, it was the same shit that happened to me on my first felony. It's, I have, like, they fucked me over so bad that the drug task force did, and I had every right that I could have won that shit. I could have fucking, I could have fought it, won it. But the whole time, they're like, well, they're going to stroke you for fighting it. They're going to fucking just sign it. And I, the first felony that I ever got charged for, Jeremy, I did not do. Was I doing that actual shit? Yes. But, like, the shit that they presented to me, I was like, no, y'all are fucked up. Like, y'all set me up. (laughs) Right. and it was fucking wild because they get away with it, dude. And just yes. like you said, you sat your ass in prison fighting that fucking amendment violation. And get, yeah. And eventually, yeah, eventually it would have all been taken off your record. It would have all yeah. been fucking cool after you did fucking two years in the joint. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they're exactly. like, no, but you, and they're like, no, but you signed these papers, take two F4s and you got fucking felonies the rest of your life. But hey, yeah. you get out of jail today, bro. It's fucking yep. gross. Yep. Unexpungable felonies, mind you, because they're violent ones. You know what I mean? My felonies are never going away, dude. I ended up the, the two the two F two F fours that I pled to was uh was um abduction, attempted abduction and um aggravated assault. So, so that's what okay. I you know, 
So, so attempted ab- abduction. You know, I can never coach Pee Wee football. I can never, yeah. and, and all my buddies be like, yo, dude, come coach with it. Come coach with it. I can never do any of that kind of stuff, dude. Attempted abduction, like kidnapping. That sounds crazy. Sounds like I was hiding out, you know, side, outside of a school yeah. or something. I think they should change the verbiage in kidnapping. That don't sound right to me, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like it. Um, so, okay. So you, you catch your charges, you get out on the F4s, you got five years of probation. Tell me. Yep. Tell me what you've done, what your mindset was, what your motivation was once you got those F4s to clean your life up. Because you got a good life now. Like you're you're oh, yeah. a, you're a supervisor at your job. Like you you yeah. own a home. Um yeah. you got all the kids live with you. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like tell me uh, tell me tell me what that whole journey was like. So man. This is this is the part that you know if there if there if there's people that that are gonna listen that are listening to this that find some you know some some similarities in their life and things like that but they just haven't found the way to get up and rise up above what they what they have been in the past you know what I mean this yeah. right here this the 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 bread and butter of it all really man is is that you know I got out and and I knew I had to make changes man I knew I knew I had to get clean. I had to, I had to get my head on straight and I had to figure out a way to become employable again. You know what I mean? Because I had spent years not working at this point. It's it's, at this point I hadn't had a job in shit, six, seven years. You know what I mean? And what do you, what do you write now? Well, when's the last time you worked? (laughs) 2012. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And uh, so I get out and and I and I'm on five years p- p- probation. I you know I'm having to piss for my for my uh, PO I, intensive probation for a year, um, and uh and 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 when I got out, I, I said to myself, I'm like, dude, I, I have this is gonna be hard. I, I figured it wouldn't be that hard to go you know to a temp agency and get somebody to give me a job sweeping a floor in in some shop somewhere, man. You know what I mean? Five different temp agencies I went to. And they, every one of them said, dude, your charges are too new, bro. Like this, the ink ain't even dry on this stuff, man. Like you're not, we can't do anything with you. Um, are you, am I breaking up, Chris? No, you're there. Okay. Okay. Cause it just jumped off Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. And so, so I, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, you know, I, five different temp agencies, dude. And nobody will even give me a fucking chance pushing a broom, man. This is crazy. Yeah. And one of my buddies called me up and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. What are you doing? He's like, he's like, Hey, you want a job at Davy tree? And I was like, dude, you can't get me a job there, dude. That's a big company, dude. That's why I went to Davy junior high school. Like you can't, you're not going to get me a job at a big company like that, dude. And he's like, I can get you a job there. And I was like, all right, well, you know, you try whatever. So, you know, weeks are going by at this point and a month goes by. I don't hear nothing, man. I'm, I'm about ready to start selling weed again, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Cause I need to make money, dude. I, I cannot just sit here in my parents' house. You know, the newness is worn off of me being out of jail and stuff. I got, I got to do something with myself now. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, I, so lo and behold, he calls me, you know, about a month later, he's like, yo, Hey, call this number, man. Give, give this guy a call. I was like, all right. So I gave that guy a call and he's like, yeah, come up for an interview. You know, it's the easiest interview I've ever done. It basically was like, Hey, if you show up with two arms and two legs, we'll give you a shot. You know what I mean? And so I started doing tree work and like anybody who does tree work or anybody who knows anybody who does tree work, they're all a bunch of misfits too. And I just didn't know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I started doing tree work, man. And I knew Chris, I knew that, Nobody wants to employ, uh, hire me. Nobody's going to hire me. 
You know what I mean? So this tree work stuff, I have to succeed at it. I have to get good at it. So I learned how to climb them. I learned how to cut them down. I learned how to do everything because I knew that was going to be, that was going to be what was going to help me because I knew the guys that the foremans and the guys that were my bosses, those guys made good money doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, dude, if I can just get to their spot, one of them positions driving that truck, I can make the kind of money those guys are making. And then I can do side work too. And I'm doing side work as a, as a new guy too. Like they, they, they brought me on because I worked my ass off for them because I, I didn't have no choices, man. You know what I mean? I, my options were real limited as to who's going to keep me, who's going to employ me. And so I want to, I want to touch base real quick on what you just said. You, you walked because guys like us that come out and do something with their lives, guys like us that make the decision on the front end to say, Hey, I'm not going back. I'm going to make this work. Like you, you came out and you just made the comment, you know, nobody else is going to hire me. So I have to make this work at Davy Tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. What was that? My, I mean, it just, I've said it before. It just takes a certain mindset and guys have to understand that if you don't come out, like you were saying, you were sitting for a month, you were contemplating going back to selling weed. Um, you have to, you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep pushing to fucking make sure that somebody, even if it's a fucking server job, even if it's McDonald's, somebody gives you an opportunity and then you put your yep. full self into it. You give it 150% yes. and you fucking yeah. just put your head down and do it. Um, yes. So I, I appreciate you saying that though. So go ahead, keep going. Yeah, I, I could not squander my opportunity there. And I don't care what job it is that you're being offered. There is somebody that started right where the fuck you are. Yeah. You just got you just got to accept the fact that you're going to be low man on the totem pole. You ain't going to be Mr. Big Man selling weed on the streets no more for a while. You're going to have to take orders. You're going to have to listen. You're going to do shit you don't want to do. You're going to have to do bitch work. You're going to have to do all the shitty stuff. But that's yeah. part of the process, man. That's that, that that that's what that's what made me so good. Now, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm the lead foreman in the lot, dude. When when they have something hard, they they go to me. Uh, when they have something that's that, that the other guys can't handle, I'm the guy who does that. Yeah, and, and so, that's you know, and it's important. It's important that people understand that too. That there's nothing wrong with starting at the bottom because that builds your foundation for being a functioning member of society. It gives you yep. the ability to take orders. It gives you the yeah. ability to be told no and to have yep. some sort of authority. It humbles you. Um, yep. It, all that shit that you go through. It, there's a lesson in everything, like I always say, and it, it's it's steps to get where you need to go. And so yep. I, I like that you said that because. People come out of prison and they feel entitled. The guys that don't succeed are the guys that feel entitled. The guys yep. that feel like they've been wronged over. Listen, man, you caught a wrong yep. fucking deal. You make the best of it. You keep yep. a positive attitude and you just put one foot in front of another and you fucking march That's through it. it. So That's it. Uh, you have to. <clears throat> yeah, and, that, and, that, and that, that's the thing about it, too, is that I became, I became, you know, I'll take orders from whatever. Tell me, just tell me what to do, you know. And, and and so I did that for a couple of years, man. And uh, and I and I got passed up. You know, I went and got my CDL because they're like, "Yo, you can't become a foreman or get your A rate, which is like the top, you know, journeyman rate or whatever, without a CDL." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I I, I go, you know, I go down and get my CDL. I got to take the test three, four, or five different times, dude. Yeah, I failed it a bunch of times, but I had but I kept coming, man. I kept coming. I'm gonna keep coming. Yeah. I'm gonna keep coming because I'm not gonna quit. You know what I mean? And so, um. <clears throat> So I kept showing back up there, paying my $85 to take that test again. And I find I finally passed the test. You know, boom, now I got my CDL. Now, now I got something to talk about. 
You know, now I now I can get uh, you know a job as a manager. I can be you know I can be a fucking foreman now. And uh, so they they strung me along a little bit there at that company, and then I left that company. And and another company, the guy told me, hey, if you're half as good at what these guys tell me you are, I will have you driving a truck in under a month. And I said, okay, bet. So I quit. I brought me and a couple guys with me from from Davy Tree that I got jobs of guys that were in recovery that were getting their lives together. And, uh, you know, and, and off, off we went, we left and went to another company. Um, one of the guys, he stayed with the company. He just went to a different division where he could make a ton of money at, which he's doing today still. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I go to that new company and, and I was as advertised because I had done all the hard shit and I had to do all the hell, you know, the heavy lifting and stuff. So I was prepared for that. And so I could do all the work the guy needed me to do, man. And boom, I'm a foreman. Just like that. I went from a B guy, wasn't even a journeyman, wasn't even a full share journeyman dude, to boom, I'm a foreman. I'm the guy telling everybody else, you know, what they need to do, how they need to do it. And I never looked back, man. I'm not with that same company anymore. I went to another company and I moved my way up. Um, but in the process of all that, um, I, you know, in those in those AA meetings and doing all that, and re, trying to rewire my brain and everything, um, you know, I, I met a girl in there and, uh, you know, and me and that girl headed off, man. And we just everything was good, man. It was just too good to be true. Um, you know, she she had a couple daughters um, and we, you know, we we got together and, you know, she had a little bit of money because she was living in a sober house and I was living in my parents upstairs bedroom. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, back, take you back to the Davy Tree days. Um, you know, I, when, when I started working there. Um, I'd bring, I brought home $263 a week, um, after my child support and I, you know, tree work is hard work, dude. And when you bring it home $263 a week, it's really easy to get frustrated yep. and feel like you're never, you, and, and I, 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 and I literally, I, and I even told that girl out there, I said, you know, I, I, I'm never going to be able to move out of my parents upstairs bedroom. I don't make enough money. I'm not nowhere fucking near it. And she was working at a hotel, making like eight dollars and sixty some cents an hour. Um, at this point, I'm making like fourteen bucks an hour, sixteen bucks an hour, or something. And uh, and she had to be out of the sober house soon, and I had to be out of my mom and dad's upstairs basement bedroom because I was sick of it. Um, she had a little bit of money, and I had a little bit of furniture they were gonna give me. Um, so we were like, "Fuck it, let's just try to make this thing work." And uh, so we, we moved into this little rundown ass apartment that a couple of our other friends that, you know, the guy would give people a chance. You know, he didn't care about your, your criminal history and stuff like that. The guy would give you a chance and he gave us a chance, man. And we didn't squander it. You know what I mean? We we paid our rent on time, um, you know, got the kids together. You know, that, that was that was rocky, you know, to say the least, you know, because those kids, the, the crazy thing that a lot of people don't realize, man, is is. uh you know, when you're coming, when you're coming off of a, you know, drug addiction and she was coming off a drug addiction um, and, you know, she had, she had uh, her daughters were staying with family members while she was fucked up for a couple of years. You know what I mean? And so next thing you know, those kids, you know, one of the kids moves out, moves in with us, you know, and it's Rocky, you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I, I thought to myself, like, like, dude, I, I came into this situation. I thought I was going to be a hero. I thought they were gonna be like, oh my God, you know, what a great guy. You know, he's fucking helping take care of us and blah, blah, blah. But those kids didn't want me around, man. Those kids didn't want me anywhere near them, dude. They they didn't know me. They and I wasn't no hero to them. I was just some guy in their way of their mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 
so it was it was hard it was hard in the beginning man making that situation that situation manifest properly um you know and it we had our growing pains man there was a lot of lumps along the way because you know there's some difference in parenting styles and things like that but well, um, you, I mean, you always have to take into consideration too, like those, those, like you said, those kids don't know you, man. And those kids have their own trauma and bullshit that they went through with them, absolutely. whatever they went through with their mom and their dad and everything else. Yep. And I mean, I, I know I, because we're friends, I know a little bit more of the story than anybody listening, but um, I, I do want to say though, I mean, I, Mary and I love you and Eva because you guys are a power couple. Like you guys, you guys essentially now Mary never went through the stuff that Eva went through, but you guys got together and you said, fuck this, we're going to make it work. And you made it work. Um, and there's, there's, there's lessons in all that too. There's, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's great when you have a, Mary calls it evenly yoked and it, I, not to bring up the Bible, but it talks about it in the Bible. When you find somebody evenly yoked, that's willing to put in work that wants the same things that you want, that is willing to yeah. work for things beside you. You know what I mean? And build with you. Yep. That can yep. be like, that's a awesome fucking thing to have in a relationship, but it's also a great oh, yeah. thing to have in life in general, because it makes you a better person. It makes you Absolutely. stronger. It makes it, you know what I mean? And, and once you have that bond, it's, it's kind of like, you just, you're fucking, you're a power couple, dude. So yeah, man. that's Thank why Mary and I love you guys, man. You guys are fucking yeah. great. So I know. I feel um, the same way about you guys, man. That's how we, we both feel the same way about you guys, man. It's like, but yeah. So, okay. So just to fast forward a little bit, you ended up, so you get out of the apartment, you own your home now. So you yeah. bought a house. Well, yeah, well, so yeah, so 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 we're sitting. We we had moved out of that apartment. We moved into a house because we wanted to get a dog. You know, it was a rental. It was a rental house. Um, again, boom, we got you know we got problems. We got to talk to this landlord about our about you know they're gonna run our criminal history, dude. They're gonna. So yeah. I, me, I'm the kind of dude. If there's a problem, I'm leading with the problem, dude. I'm leading with it. So before I could even let her say anything about anything, let me explain to you what I've been doing, man. You know what I mean? And yeah. here's what here's here's what here's what you're going to see when you when you look up that history. But here's what we've been doing since then. You know what I mean? And that that's so important for people to people are so scared of their past, man. They're so scared of their yeah, history. But, but I will also tell you, a lot of people don't give a fuck either. And Mary that's, and I went through a similar, and that's Mary. So I've I've made I've I've told this story before. Mary has never had so much as more than a speeding ticket ever in her life. And then right. you you bring me into the equation where I've got a criminal record that's that fucking thick once you print it all out <laughs> on paper. You know what I mean? Right. And right. so her and I get together and she never we we were living in a small ass apartment too. And we finally decided once I got custody of the kids, we needed a bigger fucking house, you know? Right. So we start looking right. at apartments, we start looking at houses, and I, I'll never forget we go to this place. And I'm talking to the landlords and I'm just like you, I'm leading with the problem. I see it on the rental application. The woman loves right. us. She's like, Oh, you guys are fucking great. This will be an amazing house for you guys. She hands yeah. me the application. I see the little, have you ever been convicted of a felony? So I'm just <laughs> like you. I'm like, Hey yeah. man, listen, I'm like, this is my past. This, you're going to see it when you run my name. Right. Um, but you know, she checks all the boxes on paper. She's never been in shit. We have plenty of income coming in like to support this. We need this right. house. And she comes back and she's like, well, we don't rent to people with felonies. So I'm like, all right, bitch, say less. Like, right, right, but we're right. sitting in the car and Mary, I, I had, I had the charger at the time and I get in and it's me, her, and I don't think the kids were with us, but 
I sit down and you can just see she's blatantly upset. Like, and I'm thinking, fuck, like, this is the moment where she's going to be like, I'm not dealing with your bullshit. Like, it's affecting me. (laughs) I'm out. And she looks at me, bro, with like all the hurt in her eyes. And she was like, if I fucking accept you, everybody else is going to accept you. She said, I don't want (laughs) to rent from this bitch anyway. She said, and I will never have, she was like, and I will never have anybody tell us because of your past that you can't live somewhere. She's like, fuck that. We're buying a house. And we, we put in work for like two years. We lived in the little shitbox apartment. We put in work. We made it work with the fucking kids. And that's why I go back and I say like, you have a great chick in your life. I have a great chick in my life and those, and you don't need that to succeed. Like you should be able to stand on your own feet and do shit on your own. But I'm telling you guys, if you have a great girl in your life, yeah. it'll make things so much fucking, yeah. it, it, it just adds so much value to your life. And yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So we put in work and we bought our fucking house and it's, yeah, it's been great yep. ever since, but yeah, it's another hurdle. Yep. Yeah. So, well, so, you know, I, I, I was lucky. I was lucky. This lady was listening. She was here and, and it was a realtor that showed us the house and the realtor was such a sweetheart. She was from Kent. She was a nice lady. And I, we told her our whole story off the beginning. Boom. Here's what it is, ma'am. Here's what it is, but here's what we're doing now. She was real receptive to that. Um, and she was such a good realtor. I told her, I said, you know what, ma'am? I said, we're going to be trying to buy a house in about a year. And I will not even consider anybody else for our realtor besides you. And she's like, thank you so much. She probably thought I was full of shit, whatever. So I I download credit karma on my phone. So does my wife. And we start looking at what we got to do to get our credit somewhat, you know, presentable to where we could at least be in a position to talk about buying a house. And so we do that for about six months or a year. And my credit score is like 640 or something, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, uh, I can buy a house. I was like, well, I will just, I was like, let me just, I'm just going to check. I'm going to call and see uh, about buying a house. I had bought a house before I knew what it took to buy one. Um, and as soon as I clicked on the link, the, the same company that I bought the house from the first time popped up on there. So I'm like, let me check with these guys, you know, Safeway mortgage. I throw a plug out there, whatever. I don't care. Um, I think, and, that's, uh, who, I think that's who we initially went through too. Really? Yeah, those guys treated me good, man. It sounds familiar. Yeah, they they were they were out of stow. They weren't local dudes. Like I could go to their office anytime I needed to. You know, they kept everything you know uh, straight with us. And um, yeah. So I I I call the guy and and he's you know he he calls me on the phone. I put some one of them little uh application type things in online, and the guy calls me like two minutes later, and he's like, yeah, blah blah blah. And then I'm like, yo, I just kind of want to see. You know, I'm just trying to you know, dip my feet in the water, see, you know, what, where I need to be, what I need to fix before, you know, you guys are going to, you know, think about lining me up for a mortgage. And he's like, yo, man. And he said, you know, from what I can see, if everything that you wrote down was correct, he said, you're good to go. And see, that's the thing that a lot of people need to remember, man. If you can make it through the tough times and you can stick your best foot forward, you make it through the tough times of renting those places. Guess what? The government, them FHA loans don't give a fuck if you got felonies. That don't make no difference. It don't right. matter what you did. It don't matter what you did. If you got the money in your hands to buy that house, you're going to be able to buy that house. Yeah. And um, and then now you now now you've got a little bit of a little bit of freedom in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now ain't nobody gonna. I don't have to talk to no landlord about nothing. I'll get my as many dogs as I want. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. So you know we everything started moving real fast from there, man. As soon as as soon as that happened, dude. Like as soon as we got approved, we were approved, pre-approved. 
you know, and the dollar amount they pre-approved us at was an outlandish number that we would never buy a house for that yeah. much. You know what I mean? That's typical. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we're never going to buy a house that, that expensive. That, that sounds absolutely ridiculous. But we found we we found the right number and for the right house, you know what I mean, and and um, you know, and and really, it, it, it's it, if we were to back this whole story out, and and if somebody's wondering what what they got to do, getting fresh out of jail or fresh out of prison or whatever, man, like you said, you got to put one foot in front of the other, man, and you got to you got to just take your L's as they come, and you just got to not get frustrated and just there's nothing there's nothing that's going to put you where you want to be more in the world than consistency. You ain't got to take 50 big yeah. steps every day. You just got to be taking at least one. You know what yeah. I mean? You at least got to take one. And a lot of people don't understand that. And I think they get frustrated because they're just not getting the progress that they want as quick as well, they want. It's it's at that point, you're not in competition with anybody else. The day you step foot out of jail and the day you decide to make your, your make a better change for your life, you have to understand you are solely in competition with yourself. You don't yeah. look at what fucking Joe Schmo has over here. You don't look at what the Joneses have over here because right. guess what? They're not a second class citizen in the eyes of society. So they right. don't have it as fucking hard as you had. They might have it as hard. And I shouldn't make that assumption, but right. you have to do better than you did the day before. That's the main yeah. goal. One foot yep. in front of the other and you just do better than you did. And you're always in competition with yourself beating the yep. guy that won yesterday. So, yep. yep. That's exactly right, man. Um, so, okay. So you're a supervisor now. You got the girls living with you, you and man, I got, yeah, my, my, my wife, my, uh, so back up a little bit, but she's working at that hotel. Um, I had a friend that, uh, you know, she worked at this warehouse and she, you know, and my buddy, my buddy, it was my buddy's girlfriend at the time. And uh, she worked at a warehouse and I'm like, yo, I told Eva, I'm like, yo, you got to get you a job, man. I can get you a job at this warehouse. She's she mind you, Eva's Eva's only had one job at McDonald's when she was a teenager that the rest of her 20s was spent using getting high on drugs. You know what I mean? She did not. She did not know what corporate America was about. She had never been there. And so she's really nervous to do this. You know what I mean? Really nervous. She thinks she's not going to figure it out. She's not going to learn it. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. You know what I mean? And, and and she just had to put faith in her ability and put faith in in me that I was going to help her, you know, or whatever. And so I ended up, she ended up getting that job there at that warehouse. And, and I, I told her, I said, you, honey, you don't have to do anything, but go into that job for 40 hours every week. And I will take care of the rest. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I will, I will do my part. I will do everything else, man. Just, 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 just be available for that and just come in there and do the best you can. So she did that. She did that. She did that. She did that. And she kept doing that for years and years and years. And now here we are. Now she's a supervisor at that job and she's making good money at that job. And, and it's all, all comes down to consistency, man. And ain't because she didn't make no mistakes and she's, you know what I mean? She's the perfect fucking employee. Yeah. She gets up and goes to work every day and she does a great job. She does the best of her ability, but she ain't a perfect human being. And neither am I, you ain't gotta be. You don't have to be. You got to be consistent. You got to get up and be that same person, the best version of yourself today that you that you possibly can be, and and, and just try to do more good than you do bad that day, man. That's all you got to yeah. do. And and it, it, everybody gets. I, I think a lot of people get they they get lost in the forest amongst the trees. You know what I mean? It's like all you got to worry about is that next step. You ain't got to worry about making it out this forest. You just got to worry about making it past that tree right in front of you. You know what right. I mean? And you're gonna get out of the forest soon. You will. You just got to keep walking in the same direction. And 
that's awesome. Yeah, so, and so you know, it's it, it really it, it it just comes down to consistency, man. And you know what? We found happiness in our lives because now our lives are so full. Now we got two beautiful pit bull dogs, man. We got three wonderful kids. I have one kid from the past marriage. She's got two daughters from past relationship, and um, you know, and, and the daughters live with us. You know that we, we 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 everybody's got their own bedroom. Nobody has to share a bedroom. You know we have so many clothes in our house. It's ridiculous. Our, uh, you know, our kids enjoy a life that I never enjoyed. My my wife yeah. never ever enjoyed the the life our kids enjoy. You know, and and it, it's it. You know, as much as I know we're spoiling them rotten. You, you know, uh, this world's hard, man. It's hard out well, there, dude. You know, you know what it is, and there's something to be said because it's it boils down to rebuilding relationships. It boils down to breaking generational curses, and that's exactly what you're doing. You know, you had a right. fucked up childhood growing up, so you know that's not the atmosphere you want for your kids. You know, right. you want them to have a stable environment to come home to. You know, you don't want them. Yeah, like they 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 run out. I, I know our daughters. They run the streets like little gang gang kids, but they're, <laughs> they're kids. They're teenagers. Yeah. They're going to do that shit, you know? Yeah. But ultimately, they know they have a safe place to come home to. They know they have a family that loves them. And that's where a lot of these guys also have to understand, like, you still have to work. Yeah, you're putting one foot in front of the other every day and you're doing the next best thing, but you have to constantly be working on yourself. Like, you yeah. have to make sure you're not falling back into that old, like, bullshit letting your yep. bullshit thoughts get the best you like oh yep. i can go pick up these four pounds of weed and fucking make this money that i need to pay this bill this month you yep <clears throat> you're constant and you're breaking those generational curses you're breaking those thoughts you're and you're, yep. you're you're building something that's fucking great that you can lean on at the end of the day and say yep. hey i've worked my fucking ass off for that and i deserve it i didn't cut yep. quarters for it and, and yep. it builds that it builds that mindset of just being a fucking monster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I, I can Absolutely. do this legitimately. And there's so much there's so much growth that comes from that. And there's so much positivity that you can and um, self-worth that comes with all that, that you can kind of like sit back and reflect to yourself and be like, I fucking did that, you know? Right. Absolutely. And all it boils down to is one foot in front of the other, dude. Yep. Yep. It, it does. And you, you know what, man, it, it's it, it, me and my wife talk about this a lot, man, is that, you know, when you when you make the conscious decision to change your life and do something different with your life. Um, you got you got to put some wins together. You, you got to have something to lose. Yeah. If I'm sitting here right now with you, Chris, me and you ain't gonna be sitting here right now. If I constantly was taking losses and I and I just couldn't get it right. And I did. Didn't have nothing more than I did them with the day I got out of jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if, I, if I'm in that same position, you got to stack wins together. You've got to start building on and say, I'm not willing to lose all this. Yeah. If you ain't willing to, if you ain't got shit, you ain't got a pot to piss in and you ain't, and, and you, 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 you know, you got clean, but you, but you refuse to get any work ethic and, and go get a job. Guess what, man? I got bad news for you. <laughs> it ain't going to, you, you're going to be back there soon enough. You know what hey. I mean? Because, Nothing changes. Nothing changes. That's it. That's exactly right. Nothing changes if nothing changes, man. It, 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 you've got to make the decision to change for yourself, and and stack some wins together, man. And you know, now I'm at a point right now where all the things I lost, man, in my 30s when I thought I'm, I thought to myself, I'm never going to be here again, man. I'm never going to get this opportunity to be in this position again. Now I've replaced that with everything better. Everything yeah. that I have is better now. 
The only thing I don't have is better is that I had a nice, I had a nice pickup truck. That's it. That's it. My life is better. My 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 wife is better. Everything that I'm everything that I'm doing, my kids are better. My everybody's everyone's happy. You know that that our kids get to grow up and watch and see what what a loving marriage looks like. You know what I yeah. mean? I I didn't even get to do that, man. And you know I don't want my kids to go through to go through that, man. I don't want them to have to feel that type. I, I'd rather I'd rather deal with what whatever consequences are from us probably spoiling them a little bit too much than we should. Whatever those consequences are, can't be nearly as bad as you know what growing up in a um you know a, a raging alcoholic home you know where there's always fighting and yeah. it's just always unrest and you never know if you're even gonna have a home when you come home you know what I mean because you're probably getting moved out to some apartment complex because mom's leaving again you know what I mean right. so it's like uh it, it just you know the 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 key the key to victory for me has just been consistency, man. It's consistency and 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 just just never losing that that focus on on the end goal of of what you're trying to accomplish, man. Because you because I'm not the smartest, I'm not the best, and I'm not the brightest, man. But I'm gonna outwork everybody. You know what and I mean? I'm gonna outwork everybody. Yeah, and that's I I have that same mindset, dude, all throughout life. I have it in the gym. I have it at work. I have it if I you know what I mean. If I'm if I'm out doing my lawn, it's I. Yep. I'm the hardest working motherfucker. That, yep. and, and you know what? That it says something. And and here's something else I want to touch on real quick too, because I had Ty on yesterday, and we talked, and we touched on the gym, and I've had all. There's a common denominator where a lot of guys that come home and get their fucking lives together, they end up being big gym rats, especially old yeah. like old drug addicts. And, oh yeah. And that mentality too continuously and you're one of them like you like you you've gotten yourself put together you look great like so that's that's another thing that i kind of want to touch on real quick and then we'll wrap this up it's just you always have to be the hardest working fucking person in the room like i, yep. I don't want to sound corny like the fucking rock no. but, it, but it's no. so fucking true it um, is. and whether it's whether it's your cooking dinner whether it's your fucking in the gym or yes. you're at work like you give it everything you have to give it everything. Yep. So um, is there anything else you want to touch on? Is there anything else you want to um, tell you that might be looking at charges coming home from jail? Man, I, you know, I, I just, I, yeah, man, I, I, I hope that those people understand, man, that it's not, it ain't, there ain't no quick fix, dude. And there ain't no, there ain't no, there ain't no easy, easy solution, man. But the pro, but, but, but at the end of the day, there is a solution. You just got it. You just got to put the work in. You got to put the work in. You know what the solution is, man. It just you just don't want to hear it. It doesn't. It doesn't roll off your tongue easily, and it doesn't roll off your ears easily. But the solution's real simple. It's hard work, dedication, and consistency. And if you can put all those things together, man, I promise you're going to have success, no matter what you do in your life. No matter what you do in your life. I agree. And- you know, and, and and that's something that I've always been able to lean on in my life. You know, I've always been a good worker. I've always been, I've always worked hard. I've always been promoted at jobs. You know, now some of these people they're getting out they're like I had never been promoted at a job. I've only had one. Well, guess what? Then you got a clean slate, dude. That means yeah. that means you get to reinvent yourself right now, and nobody has any history on you. That's right. a good thing. You know what I mean? And, 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 you, and you're doing it at a disadvantage. And that's absolutely. And I love I love shit like that because I. There's times that I get so fed up and I'm like, oh, I fucking love adversity. I like have to grip my teeth while I'm saying, oh, I love <laughs> adversity. Right. It's so great. 
But also, you have to understand, after you overcome shit, after you trudge through those fucking muddy waters and you climb that fucking mountain, like, there's such a sense of accomplishment that sits with you behind it. Like, this point in my life, and and the best fucking part, and, and I can't stress this enough to other guys that are, like, walking through those waters right now, the sense of accomplishment that you have after you climb that fucking mountain or after you hit these milestones... Nobody can take that from you. Nobody can take that from you. And that's something you can fall when you're having a bad day. When I'm gritting my teeth, like, God damn it. I love adversity. I can look back (laughs) on that shit and be like, you know, like, but I'm, I'm here. Like I'm, I may not be all the way to the top, but motherfucker, I'm climbing, you know? Yes. Yes. So uh, one, one other thing I want to touch on too, man, is, is, is that uh, the people you surround yourself with, and yep. this time, this time, what you was talking about earlier, um, you know, I tell all the guys I work with, I say, you know what, man, I, you know, it's crazy. I'm not, you know, good buddies with all you guys, whatever. I said, I'm not really, I'm not here for friendships. I'm here to be a good foreman. I'm here to do a good job for this company and, and to make a good paycheck. You know, I, if I make friends along the way, cool. I said, but in my private life, I surround myself with people that are smarter and better and more accomplished than I am. Yep. And, you know, and, and the reality is, is that, those are the people I'm going to learn something from. Those are the people that got something I want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Those, the, 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 you know, between you and Ty and e- even Coon Dog, man, even Nick, we, you know, you guys have something I want, man. And 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 I think I think the feelings mutual uh, across all four of us. Like yeah. these guys are, you know, like like even though Nick, Nick Nick's Nick's in walking his own journey, but that dude can do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, dude, he sends pictures that, of the shit that he's working on, and I'm like, right. you doing shit by yourself? Right, that guy will tear an engine apart, dude, and then he'll go build a deck, and then he'll go do gutters, and then he'll <laughs> right. roof a house. <laughs> like, what, bro? Right, he, he can do it all, man. The dude can do yeah. it all, man. And that's, that's a, you know, that's a commendable thing to me, man, because even when he doesn't, even when I know there's some times where he's like, I don't, I don't know, man, I don't know, but he just, he believes in himself enough that he's going to figure it out. He's smart yeah. enough, he's going to figure it out. You know, you and Mary are the same same thing with what, what you just said earlier, man. You you and Mary are a power couple, man. You guys are you guys are absolutely, you know, the kind of people that I want to surround myself with. My wife's the same way. We love being around you guys yeah. because because there's no jealousy, there's no envy, there's no you know there are people we we put ourselves around and then you, you see everybody looking down their nose at us. They're 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 they they're mad. They're not in our position or they're, or, or they feel like, you know, oh man, you know, or that, you know, someone feel like my wife, she's so spoiled, you know, they think that I'm carrying the load and I'm not, you know what I mean? It's just that they don't realize that that girl found something inside of herself that she could build on and she's doing that. And they could, cause they've never seen it before. Well, when somebody inspires you to be great, (laughs) he, he, a lot of times you're going to be great because you, because you're inspired to be. You know what I mean? Well, and so so self worth, self worth, dude, is invaluable. Once you once you value yourself and learn to love yourself, dude, you'll you'll fucking go to the moon. Like it's nobody absolutely. can take that from you. And that's absolutely. and you and, Eva, and and that's what you and Eva have, and that's what and like you said, I our small group of friends, we may not get to hang out all the time. Yeah, we talk through the group chat every day, um, but you're still the average of the five people you hang out with and surround right. yourself with. You are the yeah. average of those five people. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I may not be around you and Ty all day, every day in Coon, but I mean, I talk to you motherfuckers more than I talk to my wife nine times out of 10. Literally. Um, that's the truth, dude. I know it's the same. It's, it's the same. And it's you're 
I love you. I, I love that group because it all boils down to just fucking hardworking motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Guys that, yeah. guys that realized that shit wasn't right in their lives. Guys that have built awesome fucking lives. I mean, dude, you got Ty who's in fucking Aruba for three weeks right now on vacation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like lives in a beautiful right. house. I got yeah. you. You're, you, all my guys, they're, they're supervisors, they're foremans, they're, they're doing shit yep. with their lives. They own their homes and they came from fucking, they have felonies and they came from the gutter. Yep. Yep. I'll never forget. And I loved, I love Flynn's dad. I love, he's a great fucking dad. Mary always says she was like, he was a terrible fucking husband, but he's a great fucking dad. And he is a great dad. But when Mary right. and I met, I will never forget. He looked at Mary. I wanted, I walked out to shake his hand. He wouldn't shake my hand. And so Whoa. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. I backed off. I got back in the car <laughs> and they're sitting there kind of going back and forth. And he goes, so that's the fucking type of dude that you want around our kid, huh? A guy that's done two years in prison. A guy that's got a rap sheet bigger than the fucking Bible. And she looked at him. She looked at him and she said, you know what? She said, that's exactly who I want around my kid. She said, I want somebody around my kid who's seen adversity and fucking overcome it. I want somebody who's willing to put one foot in front of the other. I want somebody that's fucking oh, yeah. that's a fucking hell and fought his way out from it. So when my kid has adversity and sees adversity, yeah. he knows you put one foot in front of the fucking other and you march fucking through with your head held high and your chest sticking out, you know? That's it. That's and I, it. Those, those always stuck with me because, you know, it's, it's the same with you guys. And that's why I respect you. Like, I want to look at my mom and I want to talk to friends and I want to talk to people and be like, yo, my, my fucking best five friends, the, the five best friends that I have, they're all fucking convicted felons. And then yeah. flip my finger up in society and be like, fuck you. Like they're great dudes. Right. You, right. They're all established. They're all well off. Like, like they made something of yeah. their lives and they have felonies. So fuck you. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, my brother-in-law is the same way, man. He, he was in, he was in prison for four and a half years. He's a, he's a certified electrician. My sister works for Ohio Edison. She's an IT manager or something there. Like the, the, the people that say they can't get, they can't get like, oh, you know, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm actually there to listen to somebody. Oh man, I got these felonies. Listen, bud, I hear you. I hear you, dude, but you're not going to tell me you can't because you can't, you just ain't, yeah. you just aren't, you just aren't because you've already failed in your own head. Yep. You, you have not failed in the real world yet. You're failing your own head. And that's going to cause your failure in the real world. It ain't going to be because of what happened in that. It's, it's They're going to give you a chance. And if you squander that opportunity, then God be with you. Hey man, Just per- don't fuck it up. Perception's reality. If you perceive right. yourself as a piece of shit, you're going to be a piece of shit. If you, you better perceive believe yourself it, as making strides yep. and doing the next best thing, guess what? You're going to yep. make strides and do the next best thing. Yep. So, all right, Jay. And hey, listen, I- brother. I fucking love you. Um, love you, homie. We love you and Eva, and I love you, Ty. I, I just our group in general. Like I said, I love being able to sit back and tell people I have I have a core group of fucking friends that are successful. We are idiots, but we are hardworking motherfuckers. And guess what? Yep. Uh, we're felons too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. But, you know, I appreciate you, man. I, I really I, thank you for coming on here. I think you have a, a really cool story. I think maybe you should consider writing a book or, uh, you know, making a movie about that shit because that's fucking yeah. interesting. <laughs> um, that's hard, man. Oh, man. It's still, I still get choked up, dude. I'll be having to stop sometimes in the middle of telling a story, dude, sometimes because of shit. You know, I still got, I still got work to do, Chris. I ain't perfect, man. I got a lot well, of work to do inside myself, hey, man, but, I'm, I'm not, but I'm doing it. I'm not, my work's not over until I take my last breath, man. That's, and that's that should it, be brother. Everybody's, that should be everybody's mindset. There's always Absolutely. another step to take. 
So absolutely. All right, I love, love you, homie. Dude. Um, don't log off. I'm just gonna stop the recording. Okay, sounds good, bro.